Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We're finally up and running. It's been a long time coming, but the counter tray is here on Hogs Haven. I'm your host, John Johnson. The only podcast made famous by the Washington Redskins offense and probably the only thing made popular by this team other than drama since the Clinton administration. Now, a little bit about myself. I'm a sports anchor up in Syracuse, New York, but a longtime Washington Redskins fan. Been quite a few games in my life. This podcast, we've got a lot to cover, including some coaching decisions made by Jay Gruden and the organization. Some other things that's going on, including some NFL draft and quarterback news that could affect Washington's game plan. We also bring in Dan Pizzuta as our first guest in the inaugural Hall Haven. But before we get into Dan, let's take three and out. You mentioned the Redskins making several coaching decisions by Jay Gruden to improve his staff, one being former 49ers quarterback legend Tim Rattay, and I use the legend term lightly, now the quarterback's coach for Washington, and I kind of like this move for the Redskins. They bring in a guy who's got some quarterback experience, also removes some of that pressure on Jay Gruden to stick with and work with the quarterbacks. Tim Rattay's got some experience. He finally, he's coming to Washington from SMU. He did a really good job with their quarterbacks. Again, this is a guy with NFL experience. The Redskins add a piece. They move some people around, and we get into that in a second, where they move some staff members around on the offensive side. Listen, I've always been a fan of Jay Gruden, and once you continue to listen to this podcast, you'll know that I'm actually a huge fan of his. I think he does a really good job conceptually getting guys open and creating some offensive game plan and scheming that that tends to work well. So I like him bringing in Rattay as the quarterback coach, removes some of the pressure on him, lets him oversee some things. I think last year he got quite a bit bogged down in running the offense, and I think he has his hands too much into it. It might help Jay a little bit if he's able to remove himself from the situation. Speaking of removing himself, Kevin O'Connell removed himself from the quarterback coach to now the offensive coordinator. Matt Cavanaugh moving to a special assistant. I really actually like this move a lot more than I like the Tim Rattay move. O'Connell had his fingerprints on the offense. We saw when uh, Mark Sanchez came in at quarterback. O'Connell and Sanchez played together. O'Connell had quite a bit of influence on some of the game planning that was actually being called while Sanchez was in at quarterback. Now, we can get into the fact that Sanchez is not an NFL quarterback, and we all know that he's not. In fact, he should have been nowhere near this roster. There's plenty of other options that could have been out there. But O'Connell is a guy that's been in his position. He's a young, rising, up-and-comer. Washington did a really good job of keeping him on staff and then promoting him from within. They're also surrounding him with some really nice pieces. Matt Cavanaugh, who I actually like, he did a fine job in his role as an overseer of the offense. We know he didn't do much of the game planning, excuse me, play calling. That was all Jay Gruden. We like the idea that there's going to be a triumvirate kind of around him so O'Connell can ease himself into the offensive coordinator role. It will be interesting to see how much 
offensive play calling Rudin seeds over to O'Connell. When Washington was at its best over the past couple years, Jay Gruden removed some of the play calling. He had Sean McVay doing it. Now, we can get into the fact that Sean McVay ends up turning into being boy wonder super genius on the offensive side, except for when he played against uh, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. But that's a story for another day. Jay Gruden was at his best when he actually oversaw and only had a little bit of input on the offensive play calling on a game-to-game basis. Allowing O'Connell to kind of ease his way in to eventually take over might do Washington some good. It's just interesting the fact that Gruden's doing this when his hot seat couldn't be any hotter. And finally, on the offensive, excuse me, on the defensive staff, it seems that Jay may have hired the wrong Ryan brother, or maybe he thought he was getting Rex in the process. But anyhow, he brings in Rob Ryan to be the linebackers coach, replacing Kirk Olavadi, who's now in Green Bay. As much as I want to make fun of Rob Ryan and his hair. I can't do that because Rob's actually not a bad coach, and it's a pretty good hire by Gruden. Ryan did a really good job in New Orleans, had the Saints as ranked as the number four defense overall. Got to give kind of a little bit of kudos there. He also slides into a linebacker position where he's going to work with some guys you'd expect the Redskins to bring in uh, in the, the draft or free agency, some extra linebackers. Rob's going to work with them. The other interesting thing about it is, if the Redskins decide to move away from Greg Minuski and his 20-inch pi- uh, bicep pythons that he's rolled up sleeves, Ryan is actually there where you can slide him in and have a guy run your defense for a short period of time and then evaluate him over the time period. So bringing in Re- Rob Ryan is not only a thing where you get some veteran leadership on your defense, a guy that can work with the linebackers who's had success in the past, but if you decide to move on from your defensive coordinator and Greg Minuski, which Redskins fans have been pleading for, You've got a guy that you can slide into place who's actually had NFL experience. I want to bring this up, too. If you're Greg Minuski, how are you sitting in on these conversations with other defensive coordinators for your position? Isn't that just, like, the weirdest thing? We we heard Bruce Allen weeks ago at the uh, Senior Bowl talk about how Greg Minuski sat in on the NFL interviews that they had with Gruden for defensive coordinators, and it just seemed odd that you would be in this conversation for... A guy taking your position. I don't look. Nothing ever makes sense with the Washington Redskins, but it is kind of what it is. But we'll see what happens with Rob Ryan. I think it's actually a good hire. Look, I know it's a little homerish of me to be three for three on the Redskins hires, but they actually kind of did a good job. The AAF kicked off this past weekend, and how about this? A name Redskins fans will never forget, or maybe they've already forgotten it. But Rashad Ross over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns in his AAF debut, and it's kind of cool for him, and it's kind of cool for a lot of these guys that were maybe former NFL players or college guys trying to break in, getting a chance to play in this spring league, and you know what, for Ross, his last performance in D.C. came back in 2015, and you know, he was always an intriguing prospect, a guy with game-breaking speed, he seemed to have pretty good hands, but he could just never find himself on the field, just was too bogged down in the depth chart. So good for him to have his nice performance here this past weekend. We'll see if he's able to kind of do that over an extended period of time. It'll be something kind of worth watching and following along. I know we'll be following along here with this podcast. Try to keep an eye on our former Redskins to see what they kind of do. Hopefully he can get himself back into the league and playing on Sundays this fall. And finally, we know the Redskins quarterback situation is totally in flux. We know Colt McCoy will probably be the starter, regardless of what Bruce Allen tries to tell us. There's no way Alex Smith is back in time. I mean, he had the scaffolding still on his leg the last time we saw him at the Wizards gate. But interestingly enough, Kyler Murray choosing the NFL over Major League Baseball. And why I bring this up? Well, 
Kyler Murray had to have gotten an offer from an NFL team to be a first-round pick. And, you know, what's to say it wasn't Washington or somebody higher in the draft that said, we'll make you a first-round pick if you pick the NFL over Major League Baseball. And that kind of shuffles the decks here in the NFL draft, and it kind of shuffles the deck for what could possibly be done at the quarterback situation. Washington cannot, absolutely cannot, and will not go into the NFL season with Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson as their quarterbacks. You cannot sell the fan base on that. You cannot sell the team on that. I know Jay Gruden is extremely high on Colt McCoy, and McCoy's kind of deserved and earned a chance to actually be the starting quarterback. He's been a really good soldier for Washington. But with that being said, the Redskins also need to address their quarterback situation moving forward. If Alex Smith never plays another down, you cannot sit there and say that running McCoy out there for four, five, six years is actually the option. The Redskins will have to look either into the draft or free agency with a young quarterback. That brings us back to Kyler Murray, one of the most efficient quarterbacks last year at Oklahoma, the Heisman Trophy winner. He's a dual threat quarterback, but I think a lot of people look at him and think he's more of a runner. This guy's an excellent passer. He had the highest completion percentage of any quarterback that's going to be in the draft this upcoming season. Murray's just an interesting prospect that Washington might want to keep an eye on and figure out what they're going to do. In fact, we're actually going to bring our guest Dan Pazuda on in now, and we talk quite a bit about the NFL draft and what the Redskins quarterback situation might be. You know what? Let's kick it to it. So hopping on the podcast with us this week is Big Blues View writer, and we'll call him an expert even though he doesn't want to be called an expert, Dan Pazuda joining us. And Dan, what the hell, man? What the hell with the Redskins? Is the quarterback situ- is our quarterback situation as bad as it seems? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, you're going to be paying, what, the best case scenario, like $20 million to a quarterback who can't play, and then you have to now find who's going to be the next quarterback so i mean even if you get a rookie there you're kind of taking away the biggest advantage of having a rookie on a rookie deal and that's having a you know quarterback that you're paying only five million dollars for but when you already have a guy that's going to be at least 20 million dollars on the cap that doesn't help you out a lot yeah, it's it's the it's the biggest question I think you know in DC. I think we all know that um, Alex Smith is not going to play. I think anybody who believes he is is um, naive, and we're not even sure he's, he'll play ever again. Uh, are we? Does it really look like the Redskins are going to have to rely on Colt McCoy going into the season, or is this a situation? I mean, it, it, where we could go into the draft, where you'll see the Redskins maybe make a pick in the first round, or I know there's some talk about Josh Johnson. What do you What do you think is going on there? I mean, you would think going into the draft is probably the way they should go. Even if Alex Smith is healthy, he's 34 years old right now. He's going to be coming back from this severe leg injury. So if he does come back, he's going to be 35, 36 at that point. Uh, and I know you you have a lot of money invested in him, and that was kind of a crazy thing for the trade at the time. I wrote that at Big Review when the trade happened. It was one thing to have the trade to sign him to that extension immediately it was just kind of baffling to, I think, a lot of outside viewers, probably some inside viewers too, who... Uh, look at Washington all the time. So I think you kind of have to look at the draft. I think that's probably the best way to go. You look at someone like Josh Johnson, and he played well in the stretch that he had to play, but he's someone who is probably better served as a backup in kind of that change of pace role. And you kind of saw that when he came in, it was especially against the Giants. He came in and 
opposing defenses didn't really know what to do with him. They didn't really have a plan of attack against him, so that's kind of what made him effective. I think if you try to stretch that out over 16 games, then defenses are going to be able to know what to really attack with him and kind of have a game plan around him, so he's probably not going to be as effective over a full you know, 16-game season than he was in you know the, the couple of games he played last year. So I think if you were... If you just kind of want to ride this out, then sure, Colt McCoy and, and Josh Johnson are, I guess, fine. But if you want to start looking forward into what's going to help this franchise move forward, I think you should start looking at the draft. That kind of brings you, like, that's a good point to bring up. It's something that I had been thinking about, and, and it's a, the statement I made quite a bit was that it seemed like with when Josh was in the game, the Redskins scaled back their offense, and that seemed to be kind of the way they were going with things, and that's kind of the way you do things with a backup, so it made sense. Uh, free agency out there, uh, and we're joined by Dan Pizzuta of uh, Big Blue View here. Uh, writes on SB Nation for the Giants, uh, so we're getting a little bit of cross-pollination here, Giants, uh, Redskins, interdivisional clash here, but we're looking at free, you know, potential free agents. I know you mentioned the draft. Uh, is Ryan Tannehill an option? I know the Gi- your, your Giants are going to be looking for a quarterback too, so it could be a com- uh, competition between the Redskins and uh, the Giants for potential quarterbacks here. Is a Tannehill an option? Is a Teddy Bridgewater someone that uh, both teams might want to take a look at? Uh, Bridgewater would intrigue me a lot more than Tannehill does. I think Tannehill, you kind of just... Uh, there's You sometimes have the flashes, which make you think he can be better than he is but we're in what year seven of him already and it just it hasn't happened i think you like read every year like there's some article that goes uh, could this be ryan Tannehill's breakout at, at some point he, uh, ryan Tannehill is what he is i mean teddy bridgewater is really intriguing uh he's someone you know i liked a lot coming out he was good in his you know, one full season uh he, he was kind of he was kind of bad the the season his last full season as a starter, but a lot of that was just a North Turner system that didn't really fit. I think if you look at the Giants, I think he'd fit pretty well with Pat Shermer. I think he'd fit pretty well with with Jay Gruden, too. Uh, So that could be an option. The question is, uh, will the Saints let him get away, and uh, what is he going to cost? Uh, Because he's kind of the only free agent option out there, so if he somehow gets bid up, I, I don't think either the Giants or Washington are really going to have the cap space to go big in the free agent market. So that's another reason why the draft is so appealing for both of those teams. What are some names we're looking at here in the draft? I know, obviously, uh, the kid out of Ohio State is big. I know uh, a lot of Giant fans really like him. I don't think Washington will have the pieces, the ammo to go up and get him, and I don't think they should. I'm a big Drew Locke fan, uh, a guy I've watched quite a bit in the SEC play. I think this, people who know me uh, know that it, it pains me to say this, but I think Derek Dooley did a really good job with him. What, what are what are some thoughts of some quarterbacks here in the draft um, that maybe Redskin fans might want to keep an eye out, uh, eye out for? I'm, I'm still slightly early in my quarterback evaluations for the draft specifically, but I think kind of what I've gone through and looking at a bunch of the numbers and and just getting through some of the film on these guys. I mean, when you hear that this is a weak quarterback class, I, I kind of think that's true. If you're looking in the first round, uh, I kind of only see Dwayne Haskins and you know, Kyler Murray, and that's a whole another conversation of whether he's going to you know, pick football or baseball. But I think if, if he picks football and if he shows up to the combine, 
those questions, I think, get answered. So if he's going to be in football, I think he's absolutely a game changer. As someone who writes about the Giants, uh, I feel like he's someone who would instantly upgrade that offense. And looking at Washington, I think the only quarterback that would scare me of this class that I feel like would make Washington a much better team is Kyler Murray. I just find him uh, incredibly exciting. He had 16.7 yards per completion, uh, just and just insane accuracy. Uh, per Sports Info Solutions, he was on target for 80.6% uh, of of his attempts this year, and that was second in this class. Only Will Greer was better, but still 11.6 yards per attempt. I think you just look Kyler Murray. I think he brings a lot of things, especially on the ground, too. Haskins, uh, I, I like for the Giants. I think he's someone who just kind of, he's a little, he's kind of a little like Alex Smith where he's going to not be super aggressive, but he can have a good deep ball when he needs to. I think he has a little better deep ball than Alex Smith, but he's going to you know, take those underneath routes. He's not going to be afraid to get the ball out quickly and try to let the receivers um, you know, run for what they can get on their own. So that's that's something Haskins there. But yeah, like, it's, like you said, I don't think Washington's going to be uh, in the place to get him, but I think if they... Or can sit and let Murray come to them and Murray's kind of scares off some other teams. I think that would be the best way for Washington to go. I think that makes them an instant upgrade in the offense. I'm not really sure if I like any of these quarterbacks. I think Locke, I, I'm I'm not sure where I feel about him. I think he's moved up to QB3 for me in this class, but I'm not super sold on him. I wouldn't really want to spend a first round pick on him uh, some people like Daniel Jones I don't see that at all uh, he was not very efficient in in that Duke offense I know a lot of people are going to say the supporting cast but he didn't do a lot to bring that supporting cast up to him uh, he uh, had like the lowest air yards per completion of this class uh, only 42% of his yards came through the air the rest of it was yards after the catch so he was actually helped out a lot by the receivers there uh, he was not particularly accurate uh so he's not someone i like and then when you start going into like the the third and fourth rounds you're just not likely to find a starter there especially in a group like this dan pizzuta of big blue view joining us and giving us some insights uh, seems like you're draft ready here uh i still need more time to polish it up I, for redskin fans i i don't think this team is that far off Give us something, or give them something, in a sense where it's not time to jump off the bridge. I know Bruce Allen is still running this organization, so that alone makes people want to jump off the bridge. But give us something. They're not that far off, am I right? They're, you know, they're interesting. They kind of feel like they're a team that can, that could surprise. I think I like a quarterback held out right now i think they're a team that could be pretty interesting on offense you look at uh it's dvoa i don't know how much your your listeners are uh, familiar with dvoa but it's basically just football outsiders team uh, efficiency and washington was 11th in pass defense so that is good they were pretty good against the path they were terrible against the run but i think they have some pieces there along the defensive line uh someone uh who went to temple i like matt ionitis a lot they have some other good defensive 
uh, line depth there that I think can help in the run. And then when you look at the offense, uh, I'm someone who's always been a big fan of Josh Doxson. I'm, I'm, he's another guy that I'm like consistently just waiting to break out. It hasn't really happened yet. Um, but I think when you look at someone like Chris Thompson, if he can be healthy, that's a great weapon to have on offense. Um, then you have someone like if Darius Geis can get healthy, you have a duo there that could be big help to a quarterback regardless of who that is so i think there are some pieces there uh and then you look at the nfc east and that's a whole bunch of just who knows uh dallas is probably going to take a step back i don't think their defense is going to be as good as it was this past season um and if they still commit to this run heavy offense and they have to start paying these guys and that's going to uh bring their cap hits up a lot and that's going to some decisions that Dallas has to make, so who knows what they're going to look like, and Philly is going to continue to be hit or miss. They kind of snuck into the playoffs this year, but they weren't a good team all year, and then the Giants, if they're still looking at Eli Manning for another season, that's not going to help that offense, so I still think a lot of these teams are just going to be bunched up in the division, and I think it should be just wide open again. See, Redskins fans, Dan's got you, he's got the good news for us. There's no need, this, this, and I agree. I don't think this division is going anywhere. I think it's all clumped up together. I think um, Washington, if we improve the quarterback play, I think they've got, you know, if they improve, if they put anybody under center, um, halfway decent, I think that this offense is better. I've always been a Gruden fan. Um, I've been in his corner. I think offensively, conception-wise, uh, conceptually, he does a great job of getting wide receivers open um, and getting people in areas and, and finding, getting people in, in space to be able to do what they need to do. But there's got to be somebody to get them the football. Um, and we'll see if the Redskins are able to uh, do something like that and get somebody to get them the football. Dan, thanks for hopping on with us. Really appreciate the insight, man. Uh, we'll have to you know, have me jump on with you guys and maybe give you a little Redskin insight as we get closer uh, to the season here. But we'd love to have you back on at another time. Thanks for hopping on with us, man. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure being up. Thanks. Finally, what's a podcast without a little hot take? And here's my hot take. Steve Spurrier, go away. Spurrier winning his first game as head coach in the AAF. And, of course, he can't keep the Redskins out of his mouth. Just like anything, Steve Spurrier never won to shy away from controversy and this week was no different taking a shot at the Redskins and his time during here in DC where he just went 12 and 20 and let's be honest Steve Spurrier was a complete utter disaster here in Washington and the Redskins fans don't have fond memories of him Spurrier saying that hey you know I won my first game in every stop I've been in including in Washington and that's not easy to do listen you're 73 years old you're past your prime go play golf somewhere in fact just go away Spurrier was so bad in DC so disliked that it's just I don't really care what he has to say now there's plenty of stories that can go around one story being well the Redskins offense was out during practice uh, Spurrier was actually on the side not paying attention to the offense and defense doing their practice but showing the kickers and punters how he could bounce a ball and catch it behind his back this my friends is the Steve Spurrier who led Florida to national championships raised South Carolina to promise before watching them fall and plummet and now is in the AAF acting as if he's the greatest thing again to ever roam a sideline Spurrier please go away we want nothing to do with you any longer and we've had enough of you but that is the first edition of the counter tray the only podcast made famous by the washington redskins offense i'm your host john johnson i urge you to stick tuned with us things are going to be 
so great around here. We're going to have a lot of things to cover, including more Redskin news because they're always in the news. We'll catch you guys next time. See you then.